Those Space People, a podcast series of casual cosmic conversations with people working on exciting space projects. Today we have Surya Kiran Peravali with us. He has a background in aerospace engineering and he's currently a research fellow at DESI in Hamburg. Hi Surya, welcome to the podcast. Uh, thank you Rachna for inviting me. Uh, I have been already uh, binging on your show for past uh, one year and uh, really great admirer of your show. And uh, today you invite me for the show and I feel really special. That's awesome. Thank you so much. Can you talk about your current research work at DESI? My current research work is like an amalgamation between different uh, things. My background is in fluid mechanics and uh, I work on fluid mechanics with uh, rarefied gas flows. Also, I work with multi-scale methods, which is like uh, uh, coupling this fluid mechanics with uh, particle physics. And also like uh, it, uh, I have to work with this uh, high performance computing, like uh, I create different codes to simulate this phenomena. And uh, also like I have to improve the performance of this code so that to have an optimal performance of this code. So for me, what's really interesting is you have a background in aerospace engineering and you are research, doing your current research work at DESI, which is a particle research. So how can you talk about your journey? Like after your bachelor's in aerospace engineering, what all happened and what led you to working in DESI and your current research at DESI? Um, so I, I have my bachelor's degree in aerospace engineering uh, in India. And uh, later uh, I moved to Europe for uh, pursuing my master's in computational mechanics, uh, which is focused mostly in computational mechanics, uh, like uh, structural engineering and fluid mechanics engineering uh, and all the things. So we have one challenge being an aerospace engineer because uh, all these kind of sophisticated technologies we need and in, with an Indian passport, it's hard to find a, a really good research project to pursue our research. So what I did was like, uh, I have uh, used this aerospace con- uh, concepts to uh, in other industries, like uh, I got an opportunity to work with marine industry. Uh, like in aerospace, we are pro- properly trained to work with this uh, propellers and uh, uh, how uh, we can design these propellers and how we can uh, uh, make this performance characteristics of these propellers. So I uh, I applied the same theories in marine industry. So even ships and submarines also have these propellers and similar kind of aerodynamic design. So. So I was working with uh, uh, this uh, uh, a lot in marine industry, um, and also did uh, yeah. And further, then I moved uh, uh, to multi-phase flows. So in this marine industry, there is a, uh, an interesting phenomena which I found called cavitation, which is like a, where the fluid changes its phase, and uh, we have to include this in our simulation codes and. So I worked as an uh, worked uh, in this multi-phase flows for several years as a, a, a in an a, in a European project um, uh, in multi-phase flows and uh, later I joined uh, another project like uh, because I'm exploring different methods how to deal with this fluid phenomena and I found one interesting method called smooth particle hydrodynamics. So I would like to explore more in this uh, smooth particle hydrodynamics. And uh, what is the best way to do is like to take up a project. So I took up a project uh, which is like simulating uh, blood flow inside a human body. So um, I, I was uh, coupling, uh, I was doing like several multi-scale uh, simulation approach there in that project. And uh, uh, and later uh, the similar phenomena is applied in particle physics uh, also, like because 
this rarefied fluid mechanics the the fluid goes from subsonic uh, speed to supersonic speeds and uh, uh, this same kind of phenomenon is observed in our rocket propulsion uh, and also uh, this fluid moves at different regimes like uh, from a high pressure regime to a very ultra high vacuum regime so where do you find this vacuum it's in space so it's a similar physics which i'm applying but on a different uh, scale and industry that's very interesting you talked about two different projects but let's break down these two right so first you talked about your research work at this uh, ship testing the swedish testing facility so what is it what is the end result of your research so what so you said you, you were trying you know you were working on aspects such as cavitation and improving several other aspects of i don't know how to increase the efficiency of testing ships but but what exactly is the end result do you make it faster do you make it easier does it make it um, much you know uh, is, is it a more exhaustive form of testing so what's the end goal of your research my end goal of, of my research is like uh, basically uh, let me say what is uh, what we do in uh, this uh, testing institute like uh, we we scale this uh, we test this uh, ship models and all this marine bodies in a model scale because we can't test it in a full scale obviously so we use some uh, we use these results and apply some empirical formulas to predict the performance of the ships and everything in a actual full scale so at that point when i'm uh, pursuing my research the challenge was to there are like a new kind of unconventional propellers in the market um and uh, like traditional propellers have this uh, this scaling formula already like uh, they tested for like several years but uh, this uh, particular uh, scaling formula fails for a new kind of propellers so my research is to uh, uh, like st- uh, study uh, study these propellers and uh, try to study this formula of the scaling and uh, um like so i did uh, model scale simulations and also did like full scale simulations of these propellers and uh, i studied uh, i correlated with this formula and uh, like so proposed few corrections for this formula so that uh, the same formula can be applied for new designs as well what kind of backgrounds did your colleagues or other researchers working with you alongside in this project come from uh, most of the people come from uh, either civil engineering mechanical engineering and uh, yeah aerospace engineering like me and there are some naval architects who are like more uh, studied uh, uh, the core of hydrodynamics and they are quite experienced with ship design and everything and and then the second project you mentioned about modeling the flood flow so is it common for aerospace engineers or people with degrees in aerospace engineering to get into this kind of work because for me it seems like a very the medical sciences apparently seems to be quite far away from aerospace engineering So is it very common for people with your background to end up doing this kind of research in the medical field? I mean uh, I would say like uh, being an aerospace engineer means like we are experts we are exposed to the sophisticated uh, kind of mechanics you know uh, we, what we do is like a mechanical electro the basic engineering but we do it at a highest level. So that means that we can apply this to anywhere and uh, so and uh, being an aerospace engineer we are like trained to do this fluid mechanics and uh, all this computational stuff um, and uh, yeah it's just like a change of an application we change the regular air to blood that's it uh, and uh, of course there are some challenges there as well because being blood being a non newtonian fluid so it has different rheological properties and uh, like uh, and it's flowing inside a human veins it's not like 
that could be tested you know there are some ethical and uh, another thing is like uh, uh, we can't uh, test like how we do it in aerospace engineering or any other industry because uh, here we have to do ethical experiments we can't test all these things in random human beings right so simulation is there is a really huge need of this simulation engineers and everything so suppose uh, yeah it's just to be like uh, really good in your concepts so you can apply it in anywhere that's very good to hear this is exactly like spin offs right we only hear of technology spin offs but this is like human resources spin off from space to other industries that's great that's so nice so coming back to your uh, research at desi is it how, how related is it because it to me it seems like your past research be it at the swedish uh, ship testing facility or the the research the medical research and your desi research how are, are they connected or not connected how are they different can you contrast these i would say like uh, for example uh, let's take the uh, take this uh, uh, simulation of this blood flow uh, it's not like uh, just simulating this blood flow because uh, even before i started this project there are like several models for blood flow like people simulated blood flow so it is quite uh, yeah easy but the major challenge is to like uh, to simulate what called uh, uh, these endothelial cells which are flowing inside the blood uh, so for that i had to couple this uh, multi scale uh, like we ha- i had to use a tool uh, which couples this multi scale method with fluid mechanics so similar thing is applied here but at a different scale much uh, because uh, endothelial cells are in the range of micrometers and where the part the particles which are studied at daisy were like ranges from micrometers to even nanometers or even much smaller than that so of course it's more complicated than the previous project but yeah and moreover like blood flow is completely laminar and no turbulence and other kind of chaotic uh, things but here there is uh, there could be turbulence there could be like uh, the fluid is compressible and yeah there are several factors like that so essentially the underlying theme would be fluid dynamics yes okay so anyone who has a background in fluid dynamics can work could or could have worked in any of these areas yes you need to have a background in fluid mechanics and also you need to be really good uh, programmer and also uh you, you need to understand the physics basically what how it is interacting and what uh, what are the forces which are responsible uh, for this uh, uh like how this particle are interacting and everything so yeah yeah so, so, so a little bit of domain knowledge essentially yes Desi, i assume is a very uh, physics uh, heavy research that happens so did you have to take any physics related courses or did you even for your your other work your other research areas all these three are like so different Uh, did you have to take any additional courses or did you just learn all the the basics on the go one major thing is to communicate with this other experimentalists and everything like what's happening and uh, I, i do a lot of networking to fill my knowledge gaps uh, there are some uh, several trainings happening at daisy also so which we can improve ourselves so whenever there is a seminar on this one every week there could be some seminar and ra- a random seminar happening so we could join ran- uh, ra- we can join and we can yeah uh then also okay interesting so maybe can we talk a little bit about desi because desi as you said is a physics uh, particle research lab but outside of the physics community the only the only lab of this kind which people know outside of the physics community is the large hadron collider uh, cern in switzerland so what is desi like how long have they been doing this research what kind of research did they do and how is it different from cern or other particle colliders Can you talk about DESI research in general? 
yeah every particle research lab has like uh, several entities you know uh, they only they won't just do like uh, this large uh, lhc kind of experiments so they have like different uh, entities even lhc even the cern has like different entities for example like worldwide web was founded in cern um, yeah they do and uh, all these experiments they spend like billions of dollars and so there are many uh, people who have a background in this finance and everything work at such labs and also like uh, 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 they do a lot of uh, x-ray related stuff so which could be applied in again medical field and space field and everything so it's like a combination of different fields um, and uh, desi is also like a similar kind of lab but not like uh, as big as cern but yeah it, it is also having different colliders and um, and they do the similar kind of uh, they have an, uh, really good uh, facilities that could at least read the experiments from lhc uh, and everything so uh, yeah there are several labs like one of the thing is like a fermi lab in usa uh, there is esrf in france and there is now desi in hamburg so also you've mentioned to to work in different kinds of these projects you should be essentially know the basics of fluid mechanics and have a little bit of domain knowledge and you also mentioned that one should be a good programmer yes can you talk about what kind of programming languages you use and i'm i'm, I'm assuming it's not really general practice or at least it wasn't common practice when i was doing my undergrad to learn programming unless you are you know doing these computer science or very software related courses I've, I've none of my uh, friends who studied aerospace engineering have learned any kind of programming languages in their undergrad so how how do you see this trend changing because now you see researchers everywhere irrespective of their field learning at least python or some kind of a scripting language to process their data to you know to make sense of their research and make things uh, better for every day for everybody so h- how do you see like when did you start learning programming languages which programming languages do you use and do you see this trend changing do you think more and more people from non computer science backgrounds are learning programming languages now and can we talk about that yes sure uh, because i started my programming when i was doing my bachelor's degree itself uh, because uh, i was working with this computational fluid uh, dynamics uh, and uh, i have i was i was initially using this commercial tools and uh, these commercial tools uh, we use this student license to do some s- small projects and everything and uh, sometimes th- uh, these licenses often uh, uh, there is a restriction to carry on uh, like take our research to a much higher level uh i mean for example i have to use more computational resources for uh, my bachelor thesis and uh, yeah um, what the uh, company says is to buy a new license or uh, change your license from student license to commercial license and uh, we are not in a position to pay you uh, know a lot of money for that so then I, what i found was like to have uh, you know i mean i had i was motivated to build a tool which is like open source and everything so i started my programming initially with matlab as simple uh, yeah so i started i, I built my first cfd code in matlab and then after coming to europe like i, I was exposed to different tools like uh, already people are doing this open source uh, building up this open source tools and uh, and then i started joining uh, my professor's research who is also working much in this open building of this open source so then i had to sh- shift from uh, uh, matlab and fortran to c++ all of a sudden because the open source uh, code is written in c++ so then i have to 
to do that project and also this uh, project in ship testing institute uh, I, I was using the same open source tool and uh, then i yeah slowly i mean when we take up a project we automatically learn it right so we explore uh, different uh, repositories and we study different codes and yeah that's how i learned uh, programming and for post process i mean uh, for post processing again uh, i use python uh, to uh, to make some beautiful graphics and everything uh, yeah each programming language has a different uh, pros and cons like for example c++ and c are like really hard to code for like people coming from non computer science background uh, so python is a really good tool to start with but often uh, python is a bit slow when we have to simulate all these kind of uh, sophisticated uh, equations and all the things you know uh, we need more computational resources and it takes like several long hours to calculate so then yeah it's be- best ways to do uh, to work with uh, simple uh, codes like uh, from fortran or c++ so that's why i stick to c++ and work a bit on Fort- uh, python as well so now there is a new uh, code a language called julia language i guess which is supposed to be faster and it's still developing i think i'm currently exploring it like let's see how it goes nice yeah there's always going to be uh, more better and uh, better new and new languages would definitely evolve making life easier for all of us knowledge of programming languages or using advanced software tools is only going to become more of a requirement and quite ubiquitous right for example if you look at i don't know uh, excel there's no job in the world right now that uh, does not require excel or some sort of processing of data and then manipulation of data so that way yeah definitely pretty sure everybody would require to learn python or some sort of that language in the next i don't know 5 to 10 years yeah it's like a engineers uh, language uh, programming yeah not only engineers right like even for example i know one of my friends is a researcher she's an environmental biologist and her research is on she so she goes to places like madagascar to do a lot of field research and even she learns python she's learning python now because she says it's my her research has become so complex that it's easier for her to learn python than to explain her research to a data analyst yeah to analyze her data yeah that way it's very interesting but yeah python seems to be seems to earn most of the brownie points because how easy it is to use to learn to use the barrier of entry is low for a person who doesn't have a background in programming and everything yeah you can learn it using a simple youtube tutorial or something like that exactly exactly and the end result is so satisfying right you, you can't generate those kind of beautiful images and graphs yeah. in c++ even even in c++ we have to use python repository to have this kind of uh, uh, plots you know exactly exactly totally yeah completely agree yeah so how, how is julia so when you mentioned this new language how is how easy is it learning julia is it as easy as python because julia is also more for it's for numerical methods and computations yes it's like a kind of a language like it has a particular advantage like it is fast as c and c++ and it we can program like uh, python so uh, that is a kind of advantage we get it with julia uh, but the one issue is like uh, still it is like a developing language and i mean the community is so small so it's slowly getting its popularity so i think we have to wait few more years to see how it goes uh, with julia 
So you worked in a lot of places where there's a lot of hardcore research happening yes. and you are an engineer. So do you see any difference in how people with a research background and people with an engineering background see things differently or solve problems differently? That's an interesting question. I would say like the research which I was involved completely, I mean, it involves like this kind of thinking, you know, uh, like how this physics goes inside this uh, particular thing. For example, let's take the example of this blood flows uh, problem. So I know uh, I'm really quite uh, knowledgeable in fluid mechanics, but my major challenge is to understand this biochemistry happening with the cells and these reactions happening inside the blood flow and uh, this uh, kind of medical probe, biomedical probes. So, of course, uh, I have to study biochemistry for that and understand how to uh, solve these problems and everything. Uh, in, for example, uh, the same thing happens in physics also. I mean, for example, they go, uh, uh, they formulate the all these kind of equations and everything in much more uh, deeper sense. You know, uh, here uh, being an engineer, we may not uh, formulate a equation or something. We we just uh, we do a lot of research. Okay, okay, this is the formula tested on this kind of problem and this. That. So we uh, we accumulate all this knowledge and we apply to this uh, different challenges which we face in the engineering. Thing. Where in physicists uh, they work deeper into that uh, kind of equation. So okay, what are the uh, what are the things? How can the equation could be improved? And uh, what are the experiments which we need to do to prove this equation works and everything? So yeah, the, uh, that is. A, I mean, there is a kind of a bridge between engineers and physicists, but of course, uh, yeah, it's um, uh, physicists do in a much more uh, deeper sense rather than engineers. I would say. Nice, because they are equipped with all of the background knowledge and the insights in, into it, so they can yes, look yes. deeper. Again, I, I keep coming back to all your research areas because they're like so exciting. They're so varied. They're so diverse. I've never met anybody who's uh, from a space background and having worked in so many diverse uh, fields come to know of these research opportunities because like ships and medical research and particle physics is like completely different from each other. I mean, regarding ships, like uh, because my parents, uh, like my my father works in like in a lab uh, where like which also tests like ships and uh, they do a lot of hydrodynamics. So I had the idea like, okay, these aerospace concepts can be applied in ship research as well. So I had this idea. So of course, I, I tried uh, some opportunities in aerospace as well. Uh, at that point of time, like uh, I tried uh, opportunities in shipping industry as well. Like I also uh, showed like, okay, I have uh, some knowledge in shipping industry uh, because I did some internships during my bachelor's in the shipping industry. So th- that's how I got uh, uh, the opportunities here in uh, Swedish Ship, ship Testing Institute. Like keeping aside like the industry which I worked on, what what I was uh, I'm sticking to is like my concepts on fluid mechanics and this multi-phase flows and everything. Uh, it uh, of course it happens in uh, it, the phenomena happens in the uh, propellers and ships uh, also, but the same phenomena occurs in some uh, fuel injections in, injectors, for example, where I worked many years before starting this research in blood flow. So you basically you need to seek them out by yourself. So my question is. Uh... Do these opportunities come to you through your professor? Like, are people in these areas, let's say, the head of this blood flow research, 
there's, there's a project manager or there's a research head. Uh, does that person think, hey, you know what, to do this research or to figure this out, we need somebody from an aerospace background or from a fluid dynamics background. Do they think about it or is there somebody else like your professor or somebody who's connecting the dots and... Right? So I'm just trying to understand how uh, the connection is made between blood flow research and somebody like you who is absolutely not connected to the medical field in any way. Of course, for example, the, uh, for the blood flow research, uh, we are using an in-house code uh, in the university. And uh, of course, the person who has to work must have this knowledge in fluid mechanics, of course, and also he has to explore different things. But it's easy for them to hire an uh, person with a fluid mechanics background to work on this project rather than a person of having biochemistry knowledge and train, then later train him with this fluid mechanics and everything. That's really hard, right? And uh, being an engineer and we have taken a lot of this calculus courses and everything, it's easy for us to understand all this kind of complex mechanisms happening. So that's how uh, people think and hire in your projects. Okay, okay. Interesting. Interesting. Also, one last question regarding this. We've dreamed about it quite quite a bit, but just to just for my clarity. So is it easier for people like aerospace engineers or people with aerospace background who are working in the academia and already doing research to get into this kind of interdisciplinary research? Or is it or is it the same even for somebody who's just an engineer working in the industry? It's the same for everyone, I would say. Uh, it all depends on your uh knowledge background which you have like uh, for example if you are if I, for example you are an uh, engineer working in aerospace industry but you only have a knowledge of cad and cam uh, i mean it's it's really hard for him to learn all this fluid mechanics and mechanics happening in everything so since uh, a person uh, a person like me who's working completely into this uh, mechanics you know uh, it could be structural engineering or fluid mechanics engineering yeah um the foundation should be strong, you know, uh, whatever it is. So, I mean, I would call myself like, uh, rather uh, not an aerospace engineer, but I would ha- I would call myself as like engineer who is having all this kind of knowledge. So I'm looking for a challenge. It could be particle physics, it could be space, it, it could be medical research or something. So it's like a uh, hard challenge which uh, people are posing to me and I'm challenging, uh, I'm just solving it with my own knowledge. That's Let's uh, zoom out a little bit and look at the career path, right? So uh, typically for a researcher who's in the same field like you, because you started with your bachelor's in aerospace engineering and then you did your master's and then you're you're pursuing uh, a doctoral degree. You're doing research for a doctoral degree. So after your PhD, how do you see your career path panning out? Do you see yourself in the industry? Do you see more opportunities in the academia? How do you think it would pan out? Well, there are several opportunities in academia and uh... Like I said, like uh, I am an engineer having like so uh, uh, well-versed knowledge in like fluid mechanics or structural mechanics or something. So and physics and blood flow and uh, whatever it is. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would say like it's like a personal opinion. I would say uh, where you want to go. Some people get exhausted with doing all this research and just go to some like because they are exposed to all this kind of. Uh, complex physics and everything. Uh, so 
they might work on some stock market maybe like uh, solving some black show equation or something or they could uh, they know all this kind of uh, hpc computing so they could mine a bitcoin or some cryptocurrency you know uh, there is i mean opportunities are various i mean it's also it's your personal choice where you want to go like if you want to have a you work in industry with which for example if an industry is offering you like a really good amount of uh, salary and everything so you can go to research but if you are so passionate to take your research to next level after your doctoral degree also yeah you will be working it's like a personal choice i would say where you want to go but uh, for, uh, for example there are like several opportunities uh, i mean if if i say, say i want to work with with particularly in aerospace industry then opportunities are less but if i am adaptable to different situations like, yeah you have several opportunities if you look at these opportunities and the geographic distribution of these let's say if we consider space most of the space activity has been happening in the us most of the like spacex and all these super cool exciting companies even now most of the space companies are in the us of course europe it's uh, slowly rising now so that way what uh, do you think there are more opportunities for aerospace engineers not necessarily in space but like you said in you know any other fields that require basics in uh, fluid mechanics and strong fundamentals do you see any particular geography having more opportunities compared to the other well uh, i think uh, space industry in, in india is improving as, uh, because uh, there are a lot of private space industries coming up uh, so that is one opportunity where someone can grab um, and also like uh, for example i would suggest like all the people to work with uh, open source technologies because most of the uh, these sophisticated projects will come with, come up with this shoe shoestring budget you know so we can't afford all this uh, kind of money facilities techno- i mean uh, we can't pay everything so once you are uh, equipped with this like when you once you are like you having a knowledge that you could develop and also do some r&d and improve uh, you can create facilities for yourself i mean the, i would say the opportunities opportunities could be enormous i would say so like uh, your question regarding the geography i mean you could start with, i mean you, it it when, when you are like uh, it could be any country i would say uh, it's not particularly restricted to india or europe or yeah you, anywhere in the world i would say yeah yeah it's good to know that uh, there's a lot of opportunities everywhere around the world so that's uh, very nice to know but so i'd like to come back a little more to your uh, you know take a further deep dive into the research that you you've been doing so you've explained quite a bit about the ship testing and what exactly that you're working on can we talk more about this uh, biomedical research which you've done next so what exactly uh, was it that you were trying to accomplish with your research what was the challenge what uh, value did you add to it and what, may perhaps you can also tell us about the status of that research right now well uh, b- uh, before uh, diving into this uh, thing i would i have to explain the background of this project like what happens inside a human body and everything so like uh, it's a well known fact like 31% of uh, the people in the world uh, suffered with this cardiovascular diseases like um, which we call heart attacks and heart failures and everything so one major uh, reason for it like cause for this one is uh, called atherosclerotic plaques which happen in your uh, blood veins arteries or veins i don't know exactly but uh, so 
what this uh, plaques do they inflammate this uh, vessel walls of the your veins so they clog your uh, blood vessels and uh, uh, they reduce the flow of blood to the heart and uh, also thereby reducing the oxygen flow level to the heart and slowly leading to a heart attack so now how do we test this uh, for example for a person suffering uh, like early stage of this uh, cardiovascular disease how do we test him so one of the way is to test is like uh, what happen uh, like i would like to explain like what happens when this plague happens so when this pl- uh, when this plague occurs in a vein uh, there is a uh, layer of uh, uh, a layer called endothelium around uh, the vessel walls of a blood of a vein and uh, this uh, endothelium erodes uh, so they dissociate into small cells and they flow along with the blood so th- these cells are called now ca- called as uh, circulating endothelial cells so uh, one way to uh, test the, uh, this uh, disease is like uh, we can inject a, some kind of isolating mechanism inside the human vein and uh, we can isolate the cells and we can count these cells okay for okay for example you are having a really high count what is your probability of getting this uh, having this uh, plague or uh, what is the probability of having a heart attack you know we can quant- uh, we can quantify based on this uh, count of this endothelial cells so this is the background of this project so now uh, the people the st- there is a startup here uh, in berlin uh, which was uh, particularly designing this kind of uh, biomedical probes that could isolate this endothelial cells basically so it's uh, and uh, for, uh, i mean they are testing on uh, uh, they are having different experimental setups for it and uh, they are testing on themselves basically like uh, they have to isolate this probe for like one hour or two hours to isolate all these things and uh, it's it's a longer time you know no one is uh, would be happy to insert a probe inside your vein for like several half an hour or one or two hours you know so and like i mentioned in, in uh, before also like uh, i mean it's, it's i mean the experiments are not really open like how we do it in industry i mean uh, it's very unethical to use human blood and uh, this human cells and everything so what is the easiest way to do is like to create a mathematical model for it uh, create a simulation and uh, also introduce this uh, model of this probe inside uh, our exp- uh, our numerical setup so we can design this probe uh, from our calculations okay this kind of dis- so we design a random uh, uh, probe design and we uh, we introduce in our numerical model okay this probe can now isolate more number of cells than the previous design so we can optimize the design and also we can also uh, arrive at a design which is like uh, okay if we use this particular probe design we can isolate within less than half an hour so how cool is that so so the major challenge is like of course we had to simulate the blood flow so we have a fluid mechanics software and uh, okay which which does that uh, so and i like i said uh, blood is non newtonian fluid so uh, so we can uh, apply this model uh, we are trained to use all this kind of codes so the, now the major challenge is like uh, the blood has to carry this endothelial uh, cells so already people are doing like uh, this particle transport uh, applied in this uh, for example uh, in o- in oceanography or uh, 
or or uh, like uh, the sewage drains you know uh, there will be lot of uh, uh, garbage floating inside our place okay so there are couple different methods called discretelment method and fluid mechanics sort of so i was using the same method like uh, i assumed the endocell cell to be a, some kind of impurity or a sand granule particle inside a pipe or something so another major challenge is this this endothelial cell have, uh, cells have a reactivity you know so this basically what this how this biomedical probe uh, isolate the cells is like it ha- it is coated with an antibody which can attract the cell and capture the cell so it's uh, and uh, from the experiment it's evident that this kind of binding and uh, uh, is like kind of a stochastic process so we don't have a, a, a deterministic way to uh, predict this phenomena so i was using this stochastic mechanism uh, all this theory probability uh, population growth and uh, decay theories and to arrive with the formula that could uh, relate this uh, hydrodynamic force with uh, attachment and uh, det- detachment kinetics so i could do that so now there is another challenge so there are like several constants which i need to know uh, so that i can implement this model into my numerical framework so we had to design some experiments for that to uh, uh, to find this chemical properties of re- uh, uh, ha- happening with the cells and antibody so we did that and we found found those kinetics and we implemented in the numerical uh, thing framework and uh, we and we thought of that it could predict uh, really good results uh, using this model and indeed it predicted uh, really good like i showed you this picture like few weeks ago uh yeah it is uh, rating quite well and now with this this tool can be used it can reduce like several experiments uh and uh, yeah they can uh, they can for example in for, uh, they want to now they are experimenting with a similar blood uh, uh fluid similar to blood called dextran so now they can uh, directly with this simulation framework they can simulate with the blood uh, properties directly and also they can use this endothelial cell properties and everything so yeah this is how uh, the numerical simulations uh, work in the medical industry you know uh, for example uh, i know a p- uh, person who is working with this uh, inhalable drugs delivery with the fluid mechanics so uh, the the fluid flow uh, there is a fluid flow from nostril to lungs of course and uh, then there is uh, these particles are like uh, the drugs you know uh, for example uh, uh this is uh, for example i mean who would uh, who would be ready to like for to inhale some radioactive samples so that i can make an x-ray out of you uh, so to see like whether the sample delivery is going right or wrong you know yeah. so one of the best ways to do all these kind of simulations so so in aerospace like i said like in aerospace we anyway we do all this kind of complex stuff so we just applying into medical research so it would help like all this biomedical uh, research people uh, to uh, create all this kind of new uh, instruments uh, that could solve this uh, problems in this medical industry basically interesting nice nice cool. very interesting so essentially people with a background in fluid dynamics are the ones who will be you know contributing to these kind of research and these kind of projects not only fluid mechanics even structural as well because uh, for example we have this uh, stent uh, 
so that will they have to do a lot of uh, research with this material uh, of course materials engineering and lot of uh, uh, you know uh, uh, stress strain relationship with this how this i mean there is a compression decompression everything so basically me- mechanics mechanics is the key i would say and also electronics people who like having your background you know yeah yeah, yeah that's very great to know thanks cool so this is about your research uh, at charity on the the biochemistry and the blood uh, blood flow research and uh, can we can, can we perhaps elaborate on the desi the particle lab uh, research that you've been doing uh, the thing which i work which i'm working currently is called uh, single particle diffractive imaging so where we sample all this uh, nanoparticles and we basically what we do is like uh, we extract the structure of this uh, nano uh, ma- ma- nanoscale particles you know by imaging with uh, by heating up the with, with the laser and uh, it creates a diffraction pattern and we study this diffraction pattern and uh, and uh, we uh, create this 3d structure based on this uh, data which is available for for this sample delivery again we need fluid mechanics we we use a uh, typical injectors for it uh, to do this like the injectors like uh, collimate these beams to increase the heat rate between laser and these particles this setup includes some different uh, i mean sometimes uh, there'll be microscale heat transfer in, in, involved in these injectors and there are like several flow regimes like from uh, uh, for example uh, the injection pressure could be from atmospheric pressure to very for example to ultra high vacuum you know so regime changes uh, fluid me- uh, for example i use uh, what in fluid usual fluid mechanics what we use is called a navier stokes equation for example i can't use this navier stokes equation in a ultra high vacuum you know so there i have to use some other equation called boltzmann equation and other theories so basically what i do is like i couple this different methods and uh, make a new simulation tool that could predict all these flows for this i am also collaborating with other researchers who are working in this uh, reentry vehicles who are working in this hypersonic reentry vehicles because this kind of same phenomena occurs in uh, our reentry atmo- atmospheric reentry where the flow transits from ultra vacuum to you know uh, slowly into ionic then it goes to the pressure uh, increases from ultra high vacuum to atmospheric pressure there as well so that's very interesting very interesting if there are so many parallels if there is uh, so much overlap between the concepts and the, the knowledge between aerospace engineering and a lot of these diverse areas and the aerospace engineering is uh, a lot of research that goes on in aerospace engineering is very closely guarded because of its nature it's very strategic it's high technology nobody wants to really put it out in the open do you think we would be- we would have benefited much more if people who have worked on a lot of this aerospace and aerospace research have put it out in the open make it open more open source so the other fields can take this ready made knowledge well there are several examples for example in indian space uh, i think uh, you, uh, it's mentioned in uh, one of the autobiographies of abdul kalam you know where uh, he was working on uh, uh, like um, uh, very light materials uh, like co- called composites Uh, which are uh, used in this rockets and uh, missiles uh, basically and uh, he visited a doctor uh, uh, and uh, uh, the doctor examined this materials and he gave an idea like uh, why can't we use this uh, these materials for uh, making calipers you know all the crippled children 
and slowly they, they, the, the laboratories developed this uh, calipers and uh, they have given to the children who are especially they are wearing like heavy calipers they started running uh, all of a sudden you know uh, so this where like you need to uh, you engineers need to network with other uh, people with other areas you know that, that would give uh, uh, new ideas and also and also i know like uh, uh, one of my colleague from uh, my uh, my university where i did my masters like she is also into fluid mechanics she is also working with uh, blood flows and everything uh, and uh, she is doing a side project like uh, like developing like a biodegradable sanitary napkins for a month and uh, she used the fluid mechanics uh, and this porous media concepts to uh, like basically creating this kind of numerical framework and uh, she's testing all these different materials and uh, uh, how they can design this all this kind of uh, napkins and other stuff so yeah that's the uh, that's the thing which i'd say uh, that's really the uh, here you can see the re- importance of women in this kind of field you know uh, like uh, it's a, it's very unusual for a man to get such kind of ideas so yeah basically i would say like interact with other people uh, like not only medical people it's also people from agriculture from people from uh, like uh, yeah for example wall street or anything so your concepts could be applied anywhere so yeah yeah that that's great to know because uh, mostly when we think of spin offs uh, a lot of the there are a lot of spin offs right there's a lot of uh, spin offs from the space sector into non space sectors but most of these efforts have been spearheaded by space agencies like nasa or also in india isro and probably the european space agency but it's really nice to know that uh, it's also happening at the researcher at the grassroots level the person who's actually working the engineer the researcher who's actually working on this research reaching out to people in the other sectors and trying to bridge the gap so that's very good to know and one more thing also like i need to appreciate your work you know uh, you, uh, you are balancing your scientific work and also doing this podcast it's not like yeah it's really amazing i would say yeah you're you're very kind but i i believe that i am getting more out of it <laughs> than i'm giving out because usually i'm in a very small i'm an embedded engineer you know like so i'm in a very small bubble so this way when i get to speak with people like you i learn so many other concepts because all the terms you were mentioning like the stochastic flow and and uh, what was that uh, flow equation all these boltzmann constants oh these were something that i studied oh god maybe more than 10 years ago and it's like slowly coming back so it's very interesting and uh, yeah every time i should tell you that every time i speak to you i after i speak to you i spend a couple of hours brushing up my basics and then googling everything that you said and then I was like oh this is what you meant <laughs> so yeah it was it's been a fun, uh, fabulous fantastic conversation as always hope uh, we can have another conversation hope we can ha- keep having more conversations as you keep doing amazing stuff and i'll get back to you again once your re- once you finished your research at desi yeah sure and maybe we can talk about it yeah thanks for your time as always it's been super fun thank you very much